You're listening to the Biz Babes with Soul podcast with your host, Melody Spencer. This is episode eight. Hey guys, I just wanted to come on and say hello and see how you're doing. Um, Today's episode is special to me. It's a friend of mine in real life, Theodora Blanchfield, and she shares really openly and honestly about her struggles with grief, depression, and anxiety, and what that what that's looked like for her business and for her life. So I hope you really get a lot out of this and you can relate some to what she's been going through and to her entrepreneurial journey. Enjoy, guys. Bye. Hey, guys. This is Melody with the Biz Babes with Soul podcast, and I'm so excited to have my friend Theodora Blanchfield here. She is an amazing uh, social media manager, a writer, and also a running coach. And I've wanted to have her on this little project for quite a while because we're already friends in real life. And I just feel like she has a lot to say about um, owning your own business, being a female in the business world, and about keeping it real online. So welcome, Theodora. Hi, I'm so glad to be here. Yeah. So um, tell everybody a little bit about you and what you do, and then we can get into other stuff. (laughs) Sure. So like you said, I am a social media consultant, um, a writer, and a running coach. So I have been blogging for almost 10 years. Um, I've worked in the health and fitness space for almost as long. So I, last year was a very tough year, which I'm sure I will continue to get in more throughout the course of this podcast, but um, after getting let go from what was sort of a dream job in October, I decided that, you know, I had been, you know, sort of dipping my toe in all these different waters and that that was actually what I wanted to do, that I really did want to continue to do a lot of different things um, because I was sort of was doing a lot of different things during my day job and I liked that and I wanted to be able to do that for myself but do the things that I really liked. Mm. Yeah so how what was the turning point that made you kind of say like okay I'm tired of the nine to five well of course you know you got let go but beyond that like what was, made for me. Yeah, what was the um you know, most people will just go, oh, hey, I'm going to find another job. Why were you like, no, I'm not going to find another job. I'm just going to keep doing my own thing. Like what kind of gave you that momentum? So last year, so I lost my mom, as I know you know, but I lost my mom last July to cancer. And over the course of her illness, I live in New York City and she lived in New Jersey about 30 miles away. So I was able to go out and visit her a lot. And my job did give me a lot of flexibility, which I was really thankful for. Um, You know, so I was able to not be in the office and I, I would work in the corner of her hospital room, which obviously sucked on a lot of levels, Mm -hmm. but that started really showing me how much I valued flexibility and how much I valued if I didn't have work to do at the time, I could just close my laptop. So when I got let go, you know, I think, I think that whole experience just really showed me a lot of, you know, obviously life is too short and life is not 
just about work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I think it was kind of really valuing that flexibility that gave me kind of the initial push to not look for a nine to five, but also just really realizing that I am in a position in my life and in my career that I could actually make it work. Working in media and social media in New York City, um, you know, this was the third time I'd been laid off. So I had like kind of sort of attempted to do this in the past, but I think it was a combination of I didn't have enough experience then, I didn't believe in myself, And also just that the economy was very different. I think, you know, I think now I have, I do have that experience. I am trying to fake myself into the confidence, but I think our economy now is just so much, even more, even more geared towards freelancers. Yeah. Um, I would agree with that because, you know, I got started in 2013 and even then there weren't that many people doing it. I feel like now it's like literally everybody is a freelancer or a contractor or having their own coaching business. It feels like it just exploded in the past two years right? because people have the energy and the money to kind of take that leap a little bit now. It also, it also seems weirder when people have nine to fives now almost. Uh Um, so Another another woman I know who works for herself said something really interesting to me that really sticks with me. You know, I think a lot of us, a lot of people, you know, had stuck with nine to fives because they thought that working for someone else was more stable. But, you know, she and I both have been laid off several times and I don't actually think it's more stable working for someone else. Well, also you kind of set your own rates so you can effectively give yourself a raise and make better money. Yes, you do have to pay taxes and that sucks, but like I'm making more money than I ever made in my nine to five. And yeah, I'm working hard, but I'm also changing the way that working hard looks for me. If I don't want to work one day, I don't have to. If I don't want to work with that client, I don't have to. But in a nine to five job, you couldn't say, you know, I don't feel like coming in. It's cool. Or you couldn't say like, no, I don't want to do that project, boss. Right. (laughs) Yeah. I, I used to work for a PR agency, which was my least favorite job for a lot of reasons. But yeah, I mean, like I obviously didn't have the power to to say, no, I don't want to work with that client. And there were plenty of clients there I didn't want to work with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, me too. There's been plenty of people in my past jobs that I was just like, oh, I can't say no to you because I, this is my job, but this is terrible. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love to. I know it would be better for me, but. Yeah. So how have you, because you said something about like faking it till you make it, like that confidence. What has kind of been your glue to keep you going? That is a great question. Um, And to be honest, because I don't know how to do anything but to be honest. No, this is all about honesty. Please be honest. um, You know, it was was really kind of the perfect storm last year of everything. I lost my mom. I lost my job. I lost my dog. And I had a breakup. So... For a while, 
no, there wasn't the glue to mm. keep this going, to figure this out. I didn't think I was going to be able to, but I still didn't see myself going back to a nine to five. And, you know, for quite a few months after, you know, after I lost my job and I decided to start doing this, you know, I wasn't bringing much money in. Honestly, I wasn't working very much because I mentally didn't have the capacity to. Hmm. Um, and it really took, again, I'll be completely honest, I was hospitalized in a psychiatric unit in March. It really took that, that I guess kind of that low, that kind of scare to really, I guess, force me to really take care of myself kind of in ways that I never had mm -hmm. um, and to like really figure out what I wanted, what was important to me, what nourished me, what didn't nourish me, which I think that's probably the most important. But, you know, I think it wasn't until I sat and kind of really took stock of what was working and wasn't working in my life that I think I was able to kind of clear some of the space for this professional stuff. So I've really only felt like I've been making strides in the past month or two. But if I kind of look back at the past, I guess it's been almost eight months, you know, I had been laying the foundation for this and, you know, really the rest of my career prior to that had been laying the foundation for that too. So this is a long answer to how did no, I get No, no, no. It's a really good answer. Like, yeah, I think I was just it's talking about this. Step by step. Yeah, I was talking about this with somebody else that like, um, it's, you have to clear that energetic space. I mean, again, not to get too wooey, but. No, please get wooey. No, <laughs> no, I think everybody on this podcast has been like woo-based, which is me. So, um, but you have to clear that energetic space and do like that inner work before you can actually like go out with confidence and, um make money like there because yeah. money is just energy and you can't receive that energy until like you have the emotional energetic capacity to receive that which again a lot of people are going to be like what <laughs> yeah but it's true it really is true yeah so. I mean and, and not even just you know in the woo way doing the hard work like I also legit did not have the energy to do like the actual work that yeah. you needed to get paid to do until I did the work on myself. Yeah, it's, it's true. As someone who struggles with depression and anxiety, pretty hardcore, there are literally days that you cannot get out of bed. You cannot even form sentences, let alone do work or, or it just seems like too much to look for a client or to, yeah. you just can't. And that's yeah. the thing that I think so many female entrepreneurs are not talking about is the fact that it fucking sucks sometimes. Like it is not all like rainbow and sunshines and 10K months. Like you can have $200 in your bank account. You can be eating ramen noodles. You can not be able to get out of bed. And I think more, more women need to, not that that's putting people in a negative space, but more people need to talk about that. It's, 
Yeah, it's it's realistic. Yeah. And we're not really being realistic if, or we're not being honest if we don't talk about that. Right, because I know I'm obviously preaching to the choir to you, but to everyone listening, like, you know, depression and anxiety are real disorders just as much as like diabetes, you know? Mm-hmm. So to be all woo woo and like, I, I obviously believe in positive thinking and mindset and all of that, but I think that some of that can minimize what are real and obviously really serious disorders. You know, I, you know, talked about doing, you know, the hard work and figuring myself out, but, you know, it also took a lot of medication tweaks as well. Yeah. Uh, You know, and that's something that I'm not afraid to be honest about at all because I, there shouldn't be any kind of stigma Again, just like diabetes, like there would be, wouldn't be stigma if someone were taking insulin. You know, I right now my brain, my brain chemistry or my brain activity has been affected because of the trauma that happened to it. So I'm working my ass off to get out of this space, but the the medication is also giving giving the what I'm doing to get out of this space an ability to work. Yeah, that's so true. Like, I definitely think it's a combination between the science, the medicine, and then also doing the inner work. Right. Yeah, because I think a lot of people think it's either or. Like, it's not. Right. I I wish there were a magic pill. (laughs) Oh, I know. I wish that someone could just be like, all right, cool. You're no, no longer depressed and anxious. Yeah. Yep. That's not your personality. Right. And I do sometimes think that that became like a story for my life. Like, oh, I'm an anxious person. Oh, I'm a depressed person. Like, yeah. And I kind of carried that around with me. Like, that became my personality. Like, oh, I can't do that because I'm anxious. Yeah. And I've been trying to rewrite that story that like, yes, that is a part of me, but it doesn't have to be me. That's not my whole self. So that actually reminds me of a really interesting writing exercise I did. I went on this incredibly amazing writing retreat called Write Joe Bay. Um, And it was two weeks after I got out of the hospital. Like the timing was amazing for me to be kind of open to be in this space that ended up being really healing. But I did this writing exercise and um, the presenter, her name is Claire Bidwell-Smith and she is a grief therapist and an author. Um, I've worked with her as a therapist and it's been amazing, but her combination of being a grief therapist and an author and that she's also, that she's lost both of her parents Mm. is what makes her work so powerful. So that's kind of the background of this writing exercise. So we talked about doing story diagramming and she asked us all to, you know, to diagram an event in our lives. Obviously losing my mom has been at the forefront of my mind for the past 10 months, Mm. you know, so I wrote that story diagram. So it was, you know, I'm in my 30s and I'm living in New York and my mom and I are really close friends and then my mom gets diagnosed with ovarian cancer. My mom is now the hospital with surgeries. My mom goes into remission. My mom gets sick again. My mom gets much more sick. My mom passes away. 
So that was kind of round one of the exercise. Round two, which I'm not, I'm not exaggerating in the least, changed, changed my entire perspective. Hmm. Round two, Claire was like, okay, I want you to literally flip that around. Make that ending the beginning. Go from there. Hmm. People, there were people in the room, there are a lot of people in the room who had also lost someone, which has been interesting for me to just kind of realize as I've gone through this, how many people also have. Hmm. But yeah, there were other people in the room that if they were writing about loss, they were able to write what they knew, they knew how their story ended. You know, for me, it's obviously new, but I was still able to, you know, write about everything I said that happened last year, but as a beginning and look at it, even to look at what I had done between losing my mom and when I wrote this exercise in early April, to even look at, you know, I've traveled to four countries since I lost my mom. I ran a marathon. I have decided to work for myself, you know, even just to look at that, that which I've done so far and everything that I do have the capability to do from here, you know, and to reframe losing my mom is not the end, but a new beginning, which sounds, which sounds really cheesy and it is, it is kind of cheesy, but it's true. No, I think that's awesome. Like, I really like that. I think that that's such a beautiful way to look at it because it is cheesy, but it's true. It really is. And that exercise alone was worth the entire cost of the <laughs> it was worth everything. So on that note, let's talk about uh, the power of like hiring people to help mentor you and guide you and all that. Because so, so many people in this like online space are terrified of spending money to invest in their selves or their businesses. So what, how do you feel about that? <laughs> That's an interesting question. That's a very loaded question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, I, I'm still pretty new to this. I'm still obviously very much figuring it out, but I think, I think we all kind of are. Um, uh, so I honestly, I haven't quite gotten to that point myself yet. Um, like I, I guess I've invested more in like my own personal and professional development more than, you know, paying someone to help me with the work that I'm doing. But that, I, I, th I think that the professional and personal development leads back to your business. Yeah. It helps you be better at what you do. Yeah. And at least you know the benefits of that. People are scared to even invest in that. They're just like, yeah. I can't spend money. I can't. But you can because it'll make you better in general as a person. Right. And I think, you know, and I think what what you sort of lose out on a little bit as an entrepreneur or as working for yourself, you know, you, you do lose out on that ability to learn from your colleagues and to learn, you know, through what you're doing at work, even, even the shittiest experiences at work still teach you something, you know? So I think you're kind of, you know, and having those kind of built in mentors sometimes at work, 
I think you, as an entrepreneur or someone working for yourself, you have to, you, yeah, you have to kind of create those opportunities to learn skills because I think otherwise, wise, wise is just, just the skills that you had when you started working for yourself if you don't invest in growing. Yeah. That was so long-winded, but. <laughs> so let's talk about like what you're doing for work. Like what does that look like? Like are are you mainly working with social media clients or are you writing or coaching? Or are you doing a little bit of all of that or yeah? Um, a little bit of all of that. And I feel like I finally, I finally started feeling like I was actually doing what I'd been saying I was doing when I felt, when I had projects going in all three, mm-hmm. which is obviously not to say that I wasn't doing it before that. You know, I think we kind of create like, okay, when I have done X, then I can say I'm such and such, you know? Yeah. Um, when all, in the reality, I was doing, I was doing what I said all along. Um, so I, part of the reason that I kind of wanted to do several different things at once is for safety. I didn't want to rely on just one income stream Mm. because then if that, you know, if I weren't doing as well with that, then I'd be screwed. So I feel like it's, it's part to keep from getting bored, but it's part, part a safety net. You know, if I'm having a hard time getting social media clients, then, you know, hopefully, you know, my writing is, is, is doing better and, you know, Mm -hmm. So it's not entirely feast or famine if one area isn't doing as well. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's, I don't know if you'll have this realization eventually, but I I did the same thing. Like I was like, oh, I'm going to have a million different focuses and a million different, you know, streams. And then eventually I was like, nope, this is too much. I need to like go down to like two things. And that, but that was like four years of me doing all the things until I decided, nope, I only want to do two things. Yeah. So I don't know if that'll be your journey, but if it is, hopefully it's not nearly as chaotic as mine. One of my friends who is a really successful um, small business owner, I remember when I started talking to her, I sat down and I was just like, tell me everything. And, you know, I think I keep asking people for advice, waiting for the magic bullet. There is no magic bullet. But, (laughs) like, just hoping someone's going to sit down and, like, they're going to say something. I'm like, oh, okay, that's going to, like, change everything. But one thing that she said that was really helpful to me was like, what she's like, what you're doing today is going to be totally different than like what you're doing two years from now. And that's okay. Mm -hmm. But you'll never know if you don't try. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I feel like everybody I know who's an entrepreneur, they're always changing. I'm always changing. I've, I've been trying this year to just go by like what my intuition wants me to do. And that's what I do. But two years ago, I was running like a chicken with his head cut off, like doing all the things. So, you know, I think that's just part of growing up and growth as a person, but also a business owner. Yeah. So, um, so 
how would people get in touch with you if they want to get in touch with you to work with you in any of your many capacities? <laughs> um, they can find me at theodorablanchfield.com. Um, I hope you linked that somewhere because my name is just too long. Yeah, I will. <laughs> I'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> my name is just too long. Um, or I am Theodorable on Instagram. Which her, her Instagram is great. You should go follow her. <laughs> She's very honest and I love her Insta stories. <laughs> My Insta stories are totally all across the board. Sometimes it's, I'm super excited about like something dumb. And sometimes it's like, wow, today really fucking sucked. Which is why I love, I love your whole thing. Like your whole vibe is so fun. So you never know what you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> So the question I've been trying to ask everybody um, is what would one piece of advice you would give to someone who is considering starting their own business or considering um, leaving her nine to five? What would that piece of advice be for her? That is a really good question. Um, I think my answer will probably be pretty different from most people's, but I think, I think I would say to make sure that it's something that you really, really want to do and that you're not doing it just, just to escape the, like the current job that you're at. Um, you know, because this definitely isn't easy and, is certainly much more difficult in many ways than working for someone else. Um, it's more rewarding, I think, um, you know, but it's definitely, it's not all the puppies and sunshine that a lot of people make it out to be. Absolutely. Yeah. That's so true because yeah, <laughs> it's very <laughs> difficult. And I feel like it takes a very specific type of person to be an entrepreneur. Not everybody's cut out for it. So, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, this has been great. And I'm so glad to have you on my little podcast. So, <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, guys. And until next time, bye. Thank you for joining me for the Biz Babes with Soul podcast. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. To learn more about me, Melody Spencer, and the show, please visit swiftlysocial.com.